This is Omo. 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 My name is Jason Peoples. I usually live behind the editing computer here at OMO, but today I get to talk with you all about focus. The concept for this episode started at the restoration workshop in Oberlin this summer. Jaime Gonzalez asked me how I focused, and I kind of gave him a shoot from the hip answer about not having much time and focusing on my work out of necessity to get the things done in time. It was the only time I had available, so I had to be focused. I wasn't really happy with my answer, and it made me think more and more about what would be a better answer to that question. It got me thinking about what focus is and what I would call good focus, which led me to ponder on different types of focus. There can certainly be discussion on different subjects of focus, your inner self and thoughts, your goals, society, and the world as a whole, but this question was specifically about work, or at least I took it that way. While all those other categories certainly influence all parts of our lives, for this question, I want to focus on task management at work. My understanding of focus in this context led to two main parameters, the width of my focus and the level of my focus. This made me think about the width of focus in photography. A camera can have different aperture settings to let in more or less light at one time. This determines how much of the field is in focus. Whether the photograph has many things or few things in focus, it can still be a well-composed photograph. But our attention is directed differently, and we view the photograph in a different way. I think we can have different widths of focus and be successful depending on what we are working on and what we intend to accomplish. Not everything benefits from laser focus, and some things suffer from too wide of a focus. I describe the level of focus by how much brain power I need to interact with it. How many thinking resources is it consuming? For me, a new problem, one more challenging or markedly different from the other ones I commonly solve, needs more levels of focus. I need all my mental resources to lay out all the pieces of the puzzle to try and see what my end goal is, what are the possible paths to get there, and what are their merits. This could be as tight a focus as an individual repair, or the wider focus of managing all the tasks and employees for the week to charting out the desired growth of the company. Conversely, I could be doing a task I've solved many times or an operation that is very repetitive. Here, it's easy for my mind to wander. I don't need all my mental resources to do this task, so I benefit from having a lesser depth of focus on the project, perhaps tempered with music or a conversation. This can help me keep the appropriate level of focus on my task. It is a situation where my mind will find other things to occupy it, which might pull me from my task if I don't give it enough to chew on. So, I suppose the first step for me is to determine what kind of focus this project needs. Have some clear goals and either know my path to the goal or set about finding that path out. Some projects you can only see the path so far before you have to reevaluate, but I find being aware of that lets me work efficiently to the key point, and then stop and knowingly reevaluate the way forward. 
rather than second-guessing the whole time and getting distracted from the parts that I know how to do. The second part would be dealing with the chaos of the world around me. All that stuff in the first part is great, but rarely does it work out so cleanly in the real world. Still, knowing what I'm trying to do helps me identify distractions and come up with ways to lessen their impact on me. A large part of this, I think, works in concert with my personality. I mean, my solutions may not work for anyone else, but I think the questions are still relevant, and people can come up with their own answers for what works best for them. To tackle those issues, I ask what breaks my focus. Some of those things are more of an issue for different types of focus than others, and others are more universal for me. Some of the things that hurt my focus are a messy workspace or hunting for tools. I really detest wasting time looking for the tool I need. Uh, Not really being clear on the path to the goal. If I'm not quite sure where I'm heading, then I start rethinking every step and overthinking it uh, and stalling out. It's good to have checkpoints, reevaluate, but uh, yeah. Being called away from the bench. Uh, I get interrupted all the time. People asking me to go look at something to help a customer, uh, to go answer the door, to fix the computer, whatever. I can lessen the amount of times I'm pulled away, but I'm still going to get pulled away. So having a way to deal with that would help. Very loud sounds. You know, if somebody's running the shop vac for a long time or lots of short intervals, uh, that kind of breaks my focus. Or if kids running, screaming around the front, or if a truck has its engine running outside, uh, you know, that low hum that kind of permeates everything. Or even really loud music with with the subs can do that for me. It just keeps me from being able to concentrate fully. So I have some things that help me keep my level of focus. Uh, One is resetting the workspace before I start a project. So after I finish cutting a bridge or working on a thing, or maybe even an operation for a project, I'll reset my tools so I'm not hunting for them. Uh, As long as I don't need that same set for the next step, it's easier to reset them and pull one or two than to hunt in a pile of tools. Good lighting. I often don't realize that I'm struggling until I fix it. I don't mean like lots of light. Uh, Sometimes more light is helpful, but um, good directional light or the type color of light can really make a difference in helping me see what I'm looking for. Um, Take some load off my brain trying to make up for the light and just makes it a little more obvious. Shadows can reveal a lot. Setting out the path or the order of operations, in some cases, writing it down. Uh, If I'm trying to think through what my steps are, and especially if it's a new project, uh, I can feel a little overwhelmed and trying to make sure that I stay on that path. But if I can break it down and then write out things so I don't have to remember them or keep them in mind and know that if I work to X checkpoint, I can go back to my notes and see what's next, uh, that takes some stress off. It lets me focus on just the now instead of the whole project. Other times I need to keep parts of that in mind, uh, the general direction I'm heading as well as the specific, you know, cut that I'm making. I often write down all, well, I always write down all my math uh, on a scratch pad. Simple things, just even lowering a bridge, um, simple math, you know, seven minus two. It's not that that math is hard, uh, but it's easy if I get distracted or called away to not remember, well, which string was that for? And why did I measure five there? 
and maybe if I haven't completed the math, uh, okay, well, which measurement was which, and what am I subtracting from it? Uh, have I already done it? Have I done it and cut it, and is this a new, <laughs> a new cut? What's going on? Uh, but if I write it down, uh, then I have a clear mark where I am, and I can cross out the previous thing. Uh, it's, a, it's a nice bookmark for me. If I really need to focus, I really prefer silence um, as much as possible uh, to kind of block out everything. Uh, I, I hear a lot. Um, air conditionings, uh, sounds of tools, people walking around, conversations. Uh, e even if somebody's sharpening, I can hear the wobble in the wheel. Um, that's helpful for some things, but it can be really distracting when I'm struggling with a problem. Uh, so the more I can approach silence uh, for that type of focus, the more helpful it is for me. For wider focus, uh, when I'm trying to keep on task and not let my mind wander, um, music is great. Now, I have to be a little careful what kind of music I listen to. Uh, some music, I'll just stop down and listen only to the music. Uh, I think that's a real problem for a lot of musicians. Uh, it's kind of what we're trained to do. It's what holds our interest. We hear all the parts. There's a lot going on there, and it's wonderful, but it can pull me away from what I'm doing. But if I've heard it a bunch of times or it's uh, not as complex, uh, then sometimes it helps me keep my balance. Conversations can do the same, uh, if, especially the easier the project is. Having a light conversation while I'm working is great. If it starts to get <laughs> to really important topics or things we're really passionate about, then uh, often I'll stop what I'm doing or um, have to say we'll talk about it later. I think the key here is examining and understanding your own method to working and problem solving and creating save points. Lastly, I've noticed that I have a limited amount of focus. Like endurance, I can build it up and increase it to some extent. But there are always days when I can't breathe easily, when my focus reservoir is more limited. While I certainly try to push my limits, I have found that taking proper breaks helps the quality and long-term sustainability of my focus. Taking a moment to walk outside at lunch, having a conversation with someone after being sequestered at my bench for a while can really help. Some studies say adults have a limit of focus without variety of 20 to 25 minutes. There are many methods of study that recommend a break every 20 to 30 minutes to help you reset your focus. During an LTS workshop, Benjamin DeCourcy told us he sets his watch for an hourly beep as a reminder to check if his focus is where he intended it, or if it's been sidetracked and he needs to reset. It also acts as a timestamp, telling him if he needs to move on to something else after an allotted amount of time that he's set for that project. I thought it was very useful. These are all things that I have felt were helpful to myself, but I suspect others might have different solutions and maybe different detractors that need solutions. After the break, we're going to talk with a few people and see what their relationship with focus looks like and what they do to help it. Between Chicago and the West Coast, you won't find a violin shop with a more finely curated selection of instruments and bows than Claire Givens Violins in Minneapolis. The Givens team is made up of knowledgeable players who take pride in helping their customers find the right instrument or bow. Their international reputation is founded upon a commitment to maintaining high levels of expertise, craftsmanship, and relationships with customers spanning across generations. Every instrument and bow offered at Claire Givens Violins is set up in their very own workshop by an experienced team of restorers and makers under the longtime expert leadership of Douglas Lay. Need a checkup? 
or a more extensive restoration, the workshop is known for its attention to sound and response, and players come from all over for this unmatched level of precision and care. If you're an early music player, check out Dipper Restorations, where world-renowned restorer and scholar Andrew Dipper specializes in the restoration of historical musical instruments and the making of historic replica bows. Need a checkup? Looking for an upgrade? Check out GivenViolins.com. They look forward to seeing you. Welcome back. Now I have with me somebody you all should recognize, Rosie Deloach. How are you? Hi, Jason Peoples. I just did a Saturday at the shop, and that is an exercise in focus. It's always the busiest day. Every time. Um, So that's how I am. I'm trying to come down from that bit of rattling that is the Saturday shift. We can stop and take a breath. (sighs) Okay. A little more focus. We've got a little more focus. Yeah. Yeah. Um, First of all, I would like to say this is such a necessary subject to, to explore. Yeah. Because the very nature of our job needs a substantial amount of deep focus, whether we're attempting to identify a bow maker uh, by noticing all of its details or finding the perfect retouch color for an instrument or making perfect bee stings in the purfling channels. It's our job to notice the details deeply. And then at the same time, we have our Saturday shifts, like a customer's calling with a question about an instrument that we don't actually work on, or someone needs a rental instrument with the size that we're out of, or we need to order more Suzuki books, or um, figure out who's going to fill in during Saturday hours. <laughs> That's me. <laughs> so how, how do we balance the two and, and make progress down the path we intend? Um, I, I did listen to your recording ahead of time, uh-huh. and we talked about this, and I uh, really enjoy the contrast that we have and, yeah. and yours is extremely useful. Like the note taking, you did so much, uh, practical advice and I was like, well, mine was so different. Yeah. So I had to look up like, what does focus, like what's the actual definition? Yeah. And the Latin definition of focus means hearth or fireplace. Yeah. And then Later scientific terms, it came to mean the point at which rays of light converge on a lens, which is exactly the thing that you outlined when you were speaking. (laughs) Yeah. Uh, And I think these both have connective points. Um, But I naturally went to a place of the fireplace. Like Mm -hmm. for me, what is the internal fire? What is the center? of myself. Mm -hmm. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. I remember we talked a little bit about, uh, that earlier Mm -hmm. and, um, and I went and was looking at that and, and, the the focus being like the center of all the activity in the house. Like that's where everything goes through. Like that's the, the center point, Yeah. which then it makes sense where you get the whole light thing and they use that because it's like the center point. Yeah. So it's a great way to, to think about it. Yeah, I think so. <laughs> That's cool. So, I mean, I, I guess in part you've 
started to answer it, but what does focus mean to you? How does that play out? Yes. Focus to me means ordering my life in such a way that deeper focus actually comes naturally. Hmm. Focus is a a life force that comes to me with a lot of intention. Uh, And probably I would say as someone who naturally gets very overstimulated, that naturally experience anxiety, this is my way to get to a point where I can be calm enough to really deeply enjoy the world around me and be present in the world around me instead of just reacting. Um, I want to add a caveat here that the kind of big picture focus I'm going to talk about with like setting intentions, it really works best after one has already really learned their skill set. So don't, (laughs) don't abandon your notes. (laughs) Yeah. Um, And I know that, that not everyone thinks like me, not everyone works like me, but you know, after years of, after 20 years of running this business, I'm, I'm done worrying about how it comes across to other people. Which is, that's a good thing, you know, (laughs) in a lot of ways. And I mentioned a a reservoir of focus. Like, (laughs) I think that's something that you've built up over time, but you have to maintain, right? Like there has to be, have to keep it healthy. And sometimes you don't have the full access to that. And it sounds like coming from that angle is a really important um, way to make sure that you have resources to use. Yeah. I have to fill the tank first. Yeah. And I'm going to use the woo word aligned. I I arrive (laughs) at focus by being aligned. I take care of my body's system first before I take care of anything else in the day. I really do wake up uh, at least by six o'clock most Mm -hmm. days. And I have this little space in my house where I go and I light a candle and I meditate. And then I walk for two miles and I think about the expectations of the day and my place in it. And then everything else I feel much more prepared for. Uh, let's, mm-hmm. let's hit the shop. Let's take care of anything the, my employees are telling me. Let's take care of any client concerns. Let's take care of my partner. Let's take care of the dog. Let's take care of my daughter. Whatever's coming at me, um, I've found my center for the day. And all of those other things aren't, um, well, I, I said I fill my tank first. Yeah. Uh, I'm not getting to the end of the day and just scraping the bottom of the barrel, yeah. which has been true in, at times in the past. For sure. I mean, you got to you got to align the machine. You got to like set it up and maintain it. Otherwise, yeah. a lot of wasted energy, right? Uh, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or I I, uh, I mentioned anxiety. If I am too spun up in anxiety, mm-hmm. that is not a place where I can really take in what's going on. It's not a place where I can learn. Um, mm-hmm. It's not a place where I can think through in a super clean way about a repair that I want to do to really take care of the clients and the people walking through the door. Yeah. And I also focus by setting intentions. <laughs> so, uh, for instance, uh, when an employee recently, I had an employee tell me that they are going to n- need to move on, uh, in the spring. And I have the expected intention that they are moving on to the path that they need to. And that, and that, well, that the universe will bring me a wonderful next person at that workbench. 
Um, I cannot spend time in anxiety about what might Mm -hmm. go wrong. I have to Mm -hmm. set the expectation that this is going to work great. I still do the work. I still like (laughs) uh, make sure that the job gets advertised and that I choose the person carefully. Yeah. But the intention's already there. Yeah. Um, And I set intentions with how I want the shop to do financially, what we want to sell, and what kind of place I want Caraway Strings to be. Um, And the focus at my workbench (laughs) Uh follows after I, I'm going to use the word again, after I meditate on the player. So what is the final outcome that will be of the best service to them? I think that if their tools, the violin and the bow, if they are serviced properly, then they can have their joy. And I have my joy in life. And I, the hard work I put in and maintaining my anxiety-ridden body system brings me joy. And, and I want to help facilitate joy in that player. So when I'm repairing a bow, I'm focusing on the joy that person will have when the hair is spread evenly, that it tightens correctly, that it's clean and shiny, and it performs and looks as it should, and it aids in their joy. Because I really think that that the playing for the player, that is their meditation. That is them filling their cup. So um, I believe that's mm-hmm. all my points on mm-hmm. focus. I think I've arrived. <laughs> well, I think you brought up some really good points. I mean, a lot of it too is if I focused on technique, there's also like how you get to the technique, right? Like you're cutting mm-hmm. a certain direction, but if you're holding it weird, it's hard to make that successful. Mm-hmm. So how you're approaching it, how you're coming to it, what mindset, what are you thinking about? Um, talking with Noikos about uh, curves and how they move from one to another and the speed and how they relate. A lot of, you know, we're not talking about how we're holding the knife, but if you don't think about your concept of how you're getting there, like what your overall desire result is and how you're, how it fits into the hole, then yeah. it, the it's hard to get the yeah. knife to do what you want. Cause you're not really sure how that fits out. And, and so all those things you're talking about, the uh, what's going on at home, what's going on in yourself, what's going on uh, purposely at your work. Like if those are out of whack, it's hard to focus on the small thing because those other things are super important. Yeah. And if you can hold that bridge when you're making those cuts and really be present to fully feel what you're doing, then you are going to have better results yeah. than when you're facing that in worry and stress. Yeah. Yeah. It, it uh, Cleaner connection. Yeah. Yes, exactly. So... We've talked a little bit about it, but how, what are the what are the biggest struggles and detractors? What are the things that break your mindset or break your um, yeah. approach? Yeah, yeah. Well, I've, I've said the word body system, mm-hmm. maybe I don't know, maybe a couple times now. Um, when I'm not taking care of myself, when I'm not getting deep reflection I need in the day, when the day is full of too many interruptions, <laughs> yeah, I'm not getting exercise. Uh, when I'm not uh, limiting my, uh, alcohol intake. (laughs) Um, it's just anybody has that problem ever. Nope. Not in this field. Uh, (laughs) then, uh, it's just much harder for me to get calm enough to be of the use to other people that I want to be. Mm -hmm. And I've come to value that over the years there, there's, um, 
there are people that rely on me. There are people that rely on me for their day to go well, um, for their paychecks. For <laughs> yeah. And 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 I want to steer the ship well. So that requires me ex- having certain uh, expectations of how I treat myself. Mm-hmm. Um, there there were times in my life where I would work on fumes and um, and I would mask my stress with business and overwork and frankly too much alcohol and those days uh i ended up having anxiety attacks at work uh and and let's face it this this business is a business of so uh many well small business owners and mm-hmm. there's a thousand decisions every day yeah there's it's not just going to a job it's like well how do you want to design your job and how do you want things to appear and what kind of consultations do you have? Like the mm-hmm. questions never end. Yeah. So, um, so yeah, those can be met with anxiety or they can be met with calm. Yeah. Um, okay. So I think I got off track just now, but, uh, Good stuff though. I think I got unfocused. Oh. Uh, so I, I do have days where there is too much going on. Mm-hmm. Summers are often times when that hits. Yeah. Uh, we're trying to do family trips when it's the busiest time at the shop. <laughs> Customers keep walking in while we're trying to complete repair jobs. What are they thinking? So rude. No, just kidding. <laughs> we love you. Please keep coming. Um, there are times when I have to have a talk with myself, and that goes something like, self, I see that this is too much. <laughs> You're losing your focus. And I promise that the slow time is coming. Or I have to say, self, I will not take on as much work next summer. Or self, I'm going to give you an extra quiet weekend. Uh, I have to give myself those things yeah. <laughs> to get back into the calm state. Yeah. And, and, you know, if what I've discovered over these 20 years is that if I really take care of myself and what I need, not like needing a jet ski, but <laughs> needing the things that fill up that cup. If yeah. I take care of myself, anxiety is minimal. I can learn and think better, better handle interruptions to my focus and truly feel more aligned <laughs> with this path I'm walking down in life. For sure. Uh, and and not to dehumanize it, mm-hmm. but I'm going to compare it to a machine. Yeah. Kind of dehumanizing. But if you if you run the machine at max capacity all the time, it's going to break down. If you don't maintain it, it's going to break down fast. And then you're like, well, I can't really do it. So I'll just kind of get this poor result, but at least it's still turning instead of taking the time to reset, uh, respec everything, do whatever it needs to maintain it so it can run right. Yep. And, you know, we, we do that for a lot of our machines, but we don't do it for ourselves. And that's, that's a problem. Yeah. Yeah. And, and we are wonderful machines amazing machines (laughs) so so let's let's take care of us yes (laughs) let's be amazing yeah yeah i'm a fan so what what are some of your methods to be amazing uh at least in regards to focus i mean i just wake up no um (laughs) that's 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 hard for me so that's a great accomplishment i think uh i have a few um have a place where you can close the doors Hmm. Years ago, when those panic attacks were happening, I said to my therapist at the time, I don't have anywhere in my life where I can close the door. Mm -hmm. And that led me to cleaning out a closet in the shop 
-hmm. It was that part of the shop that's full of the old broken cellos that I someday might use for Uh, something. uh They all went in the dumpster and yeah. And, and that became my place. I, it had two doors that would swing shut and it became my first, sorry, sorry. My hands were in front of the mic. Sorry for your recording Rose, Jason. I'm, I'm making the the visual of the, the closet doors shutting. Um, oh, he'll get over it. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> that became my first podcasting closet and I lined it with the sound dampening panels. So it would get it would get visibly, it would get audibly more quiet when I was in there. And, um, listening to that need led to lots and lots of other changes in my life that needed to happen. So, Mm -hmm. um, have your space where you can close the doors. Yeah. Yeah. Um, second, uh, my advice to people out there who maybe their body system runs like me, uh, practice the muscle of meditation, which is also the muscle of holding focus, mm-hmm. which is also the muscle of existing in the present mm-hmm. and the muscle of reducing anxiety. All of those things. Yeah. And I can't believe it took me over 40 years to find it and go, oh, okay, this this is how we get through our day. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and on that note, I would say, number three, know what your body needs to function well. Like really, truly take care of your health. Uh, if you are that, that uh, you just said it, uh, m- the machine. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, your mind, um, take care of your mind, your nutrition, your luthier muscles mm-hmm. in the best way you know how. Mm-hmm. Respect the time that it takes to care- take care of you. Um, I will say that when I, when I really, really practice this, I honestly have more empathy for you know those musicians that get labeled as particular? Yeah. Well, my particular body can't go to the airport without noise-canceling headphones. <laughs> and and large public gatherings are often problematic to me. Yeah. And isn't that great? Because <laughs> if I can find a way to love that about myself, I can mm-hmm. find a way to take care of a musician who has yeah. partic- particular preferences. For sure. Yeah. <laughs> you got to know yourself, know thyself, right? Like, yeah. how are you going to be able to deal with what's going on if you can't be honest about what is going on? Yeah. You mentioned uh, quiet space. And I think, I think that's, it's hard to be in silence because it's honest. Um, but it's where it's a, it's a solid base to build on. Uh, when I think about playing a piece of music, if I really want to play it honestly and not just run through the notes, I need to take a breath. I need to be quiet and still for a moment so I can paint on the canvas. And if, if I don't, it never comes out quite as well. Um, but it, it's hard to really take that breath. It sounds like you get yourself aligned, Jason. I do. I try anyway. I try real hard. <laughs> I have one last one. Yeah. Um, fourth one. I don't know who it speaks to out there, but I'll say it because it's true for me. And my only caveat for this one is that I am someone who doesn't sit on a recliner with expectations. I also work very hard. Mm -hmm. So here we go. Expect that you are on a path for good things to unfold. That you are already part of those good things. And that your particular DNA is exactly 
the right makeup to be on this path. And that kind of perspective realigns a lot of things that I, in my life, once thought were distractions. This kind of thinking leaves my brain much more unburdened with worry or vigilance against what might go wrong and leaves me freer to focus on what the day really is bringing me. So whether you believe it or not, give it a try. Give it a try that you're exactly where you're supposed to be. You're on the right path and see what it does. Would you say a part of that is not questioning whether you can do something, but believing you can and figuring out how you're going to do it? Yeah, absolutely, Jason. Yeah. That's awesome. I think that's, that is super important. Well, you're awesome, Jason. <laughs> you're awesome. <laughs> it's so it's so cool to hear you on the other side of the mic and hear your thoughts on stuff. And thank, thank you, you for doing this. And I'm looking forward to all the other people we're going to hear their unique opinions about focus. Yeah, I can't wait. Thank you for having me as a guest on Omo. <laughs> thank you. All right. After this message, we'll be back with another one. Thanks. Omo sapiens. I have with me here today. Jackson Maberry, maker of J.G. McIntosh Rosinant Oil Varnish. Jackson, tell us about your Tintura Veneziana and how it is used. Tintura Veneziana is, uh, is simply a water-based oxidative primer, uh, which, you know, fancy word, but all of which is to say that it colors wood chemically through a process of oxidation. Uh, this happens inevitably to anything in our atmosphere over time, but it can be sped up. Uh, by things like UV light and Tintura. It was developed to use the same active compounds that are present in historical wood coloring tinctures uh, described by folks like uh, Robo in his you know, uh, famous Baroque era treatise on woodworking. But those tinctures were made of fermented horse dung and urine. Mm -hmm. So uh, we developed something that could do the same thing without the biological factor, shall we say. Oh, nice. <laughs> Yeah. So with Tinturi, you can get a pretty rich color on a fiddle uh, with just, you know, one to three coats inside of a day. It's uh, it's really helpful for coloring new wood in restorations, too, giving it a convincing aged appearance. So uh, lots of different ways to use it. Get your J.G. McIntosh rosinant oil varnish and other varnishing supplies today by visiting woodfinishingenterprises.com. Search McIntosh. Welcome back, and welcome back, Rosie. I'm the host now. Yes, you're on this side of the microphone again, where it's nice and safe. I'm going to ask all the questions and tell none of my personal stuff. Yes, it'll all be a secret from now on. And guess who we have joining us? Somebody from the way back past, Chris Jacoby. Hey, guys. Hi. All right, focus. How do we do it? What do we do it for? What does focus mean to you? Uh, focus means to me that the hardest thing in life is making commitments and then keeping them. Yeah. Um, and it is really a mark of being an adult. Let's leave behind whether we're craftspeople or uh, luthiers or business persons. You really, you have to say you'll do something and you have to find a way to do it. And you have to do it kindly and you have to leave people behind in situations where working with them is going to be difficult and there's going to be hiccups 
where um, you don't damage them or the scope of of their efficacy further. Um, it's it's hard when you work with people, when you live with people, when you're married to people. Um, it's gonna suck, and uh, you have to choose to show up for the things you promise to do, and communicate clearly, and say things like, I'm sorry, and it's terrible that I'm the greatest lover you've ever had. Those are hard words to say. God, I know. And so you say this at Potter's house? I don't say it at Potter's violins, but when I go to the Potter house, when I'm, when I'm being ghost behind a... No, 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 I don't say it at Potter house. Okay. But Rob says that to you. Yeah, he's got muscles. <laughs> so, in your pursuit of focus, what are the biggest attractors? What are the, the struggles? So the biggest attractors are probably um, being disorganized mm-hmm. um, and being focused on what makes you anxious um, instead of what's actually on the table. There's a hard thing that happens to people that are trying to run a business or trying to get through stuff where um, if you owe someone money, if you owe someone time, if you owe someone attention, um, you take that all as seriously as you you can when, Mm -hmm. in fact, you have to sometimes stop and prioritize and say, yeah. Can I pay half the bill this month? Can I reach out in a kind, magnanimous way and speak to this client and let them know that they will have to be more generous? Um, uh, so I think the, the the great detractor is fear of communication. And I'm terrified yeah. of communicating. If somebody calls me and I don't know their number, I don't pick up. If somebody Mm -hmm. texts or emails me and it's not within the parameters of the ways I've set up that I'm willing to, you guys have dealt with this with me, that I'm (laughs) willing to, yeah, communicate with them, then Mm -hmm. I put them off so that I can keep my idea of my sanity. Um, Mm -hmm. But we're all trying to pay our children's health care and we're all Mm -hmm. trying to pay the bills. So. Um, you have to organize what you're willing to do and you have to organize where you're willing to compromise. It sounds like you confront your uh, desire to avoid and and that gets you past that hurdle. Yeah. 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 Constantly. Yeah, of course. Yeah. Well, and doubling down to what's important to you. I mean, if the task at hand is what's important, even to related to the to what you're anxious about to double down and say hey this is what's important so i gotta i gotta put this to the side Mm -hmm. even though that's what's you know eating at you chris it sounds like a lot of the things that occupy your headspace that are distractors it's not the work it's the people yeah so we have a we have a sliding scale in this business where the amount of money you want to make off a transaction, it's maximal when you have the maximal amount of interaction with that client. Yeah. Now, you can make a minimal amount of money if you're selling wholesale or you're moving things or you're 
facilitating other people's interactions monetarily, and then you'll make the least amount of money. So you have to find a place where you're willing to, and and, and really, I, I'm I'm allergic to it. Um, other people really enjoy it, but you, you're willing to abase your personal time. You're willing to grind your personal time away in order to make more money on the transaction. And uh, uh, that's so cynical. I mean, you guys know that I like people. Um, you do. And, and I, I have clients that I love, and I have people that I love, and uh, I go out of my way to do things for them, but you have to have the boundaries. If you're kinder than your boundaries, that's wonderful. But if the boundaries aren't there, you can't protect yourself when somebody is after your ass, when somebody is after your money, is after yeah. your mental health. Um, uh, and having good friends you can talk to when somebody really tries to blow your spot up. I mean, I, I have a few people on this planet who decided I was the reason that everything had gone apart for them because mm. of a repair or a misunderstanding. And they run around with my name in their mouth saying bad things. And the fact that I can actually rest on the the good that I do mm -hmm. um, keeps me safe for my clientele. Yeah. Who? Yeah. That's that's heavy, man. But yeah. priorities, right? Like that's hard to keep to keep things in the right order. Mm -hmm. it really is. It's easy as one, two, three. <laughs> so do you have any methods in place where you're like, okay, I'm getting, I'm losing focus. I, it's all about what this client wants instead of what I need to do. What gets you centered? What gets you in the right place where you can get the job done? How, how do you keep that order in order? diminishing color coded calendars y'all <laughs> now i got big markers i got big paper then i got oh. medium paper i got small paper big paper on the wall you do the organization okay oh it's so great yeah right, so big paper on the wall three month plan bullet points then a calendar you know i give money to the capitalists i buy a calendar crazy you know, I yeah. buy it. I, I, I put the, the medium plans on that. And then mm. I have pieces of paper on my desk. And uh, I have to hit the bench every morning and then lay out the things that pop into my head. And oftentimes it's as unhealthy as here's what I'm mad about that I see around the workshop. Mm -hmm. And I write them down. Mm-hmm. And then uh, I used to go out and smoke a cigarette, but that was like 2012, the last time I smoked a cigarette. <coughs> Cap. <laughs> um, but the last time that I, I did that regularly. Um, but instead, I have a coffee, I stretch, and mm -hmm. it's not about the people involved. It's about those issues need to be resolved. So I give myself a three-day period to address those issues with, the people if there are other people a lot of times it's an issue with me and i want to put it off on someone else hmm. and in that three-day period i have a piece of paper on my bench which says base bar regrad top and i 
go to the person who I need to talk to about when I'm feeling calm and centered and when I'm full of love for them and we talk about it. Um, and uh, I mean, as I said, it's really hard to work with people. It's hard to live with people. You're going to have a bad time, but if you can't deal with each other kindly, then mm-hmm. um, you can't continue to get better and, uh, and have a better experience. Yeah. So if I want to stay organized, if I, if I want to deal with the pressure, then I start with the big picture and I can't chip at the big picture until I've got what's on my bench and then what's on my calendar. Yeah, and uh, getting everybody to work with you on it is hard, but mm-hmm. uh, it—I mean—it helps if you're the manager. <laughs> How big is your team th- these days? Uh, we've just lost two people, so including rentals, I'm down to nine. Okay. Uh, we had fifteen when I started, hmm. um, and then we were down to eleven recently. Uh, the very talented Nick Allen uh, took a position at Julie Reed. Mm-hmm. Super happy for him. He's sending me yeah. annoying texts like, look, it's Piatigorsky Strad. And I'm like, oh, so happy for you, you son of a bitch. I, I got to say, Chris, I can't imagine a team that size. And I think most people in this industry across America can't imagine a team that size. So the fact that you have the clarity to bring some level of organization to that is really impressive. I tell so many jokes, Rosie. Good. Good. (laughs) One thing that you said that I I think is really helpful too is you kind of kept going to it without maybe mentioning a lot is externalizing, like putting it out on paper. Mm -hmm. There's so many things that get stuck in my head and get, you know, I keep uh, being fixated on them because they're, 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 they're heavy. But if I can put it down on paper and go, I don't have to worry about that right now, but I haven't forgot about it. It's right here. And I can work on this other thing right now and then come back to it and come back to it maybe when I'm in a better spot, like you said. Mm-hmm. And and I think having those levels of external uh, you know, storage is is really key. Yeah, I do similar. And Jason, sometimes um, you'll come back to it and go, I don't need to address this. This is yeah. It's not as big a deal yeah. as I thought. And, and yeah. sometimes the things I write down are like, I heard what employees said about me. While I shouldn't have heard them, <laughs> that shit definitely has to go by the wayside. That is their yeah. right. Um, yeah. Uh, yeah. It's a uh, so, but but keeping it externalized. And one of the real benefits of keeping it externalized, if if is, I don't know. If I'm going to get hit by somebody on a Lime scooter or if mm-hmm. one of my employees, which I've replaced my staff completely in the last six years, twice. Yeah. Um, and and I, I still have the people who've been there for 30, 35 years, but somebody comes in, I train them, they find yeah. a gig near to their hometown. So I don't know if, if there isn't something which is obvious and on the wall about all of the jobs that are up and going. Yeah. which was lacking completely when I started in other shops. Um, mm-hmm. Somebody is sick for the day, and then you look like an asshole <laughs> when they come to pick up their bow. Yeah. Mm-hmm. yeah. It's, uh, so, so now everything is so... Like, uh, my employees have to check off finished jobs in three places with a red pencil, and I provide red pencils. <laughs> if they do Good. it in blue... 
then they okay. don't get a donut on Saturday when I bring Ooh. donuts. <laughs> so that's the key donuts. to staying focused. Donuts. Don- donuts. I mean, we really knew that all along in our hearts. Yeah. Don't don't skip the donuts. Don't skip the donuts and have a red pencil. It's always good to see your face, Chris. So good to see you, Chris. Oh, I miss you guys. Thank you for helping us out. Really. I really appreciate it. Can I do yeah. can I do this more often? Will you accept me even though I'm an abandoner? We'll call you at all times in the middle of the night and go, Hey, can you show up on Omo right now? Well, and it's like later here, so you'll you'll have a, a much less reliable version of me. Perfect. Perfect. Hi <laughs> <laughs> guys. Bye. All right, good night. A special thanks to House of Note, a luthier owned violin shop in the twin cities of Minnesota for their support of this episode of OMO. While covering the many demands that we deal with in this industry, from restoration to repairs for players at all levels, House of Note wants you makers to know they sell quite a few modern maker instruments and bows. If you've just done your final setup for your violin and you're looking to hang it in a shop that understands new instruments, look no further than House of Note. Check them out today at House of Note. Welcome back and welcome Jerry Lynn here to tell us all the right answers to focusing. <laughs> Mr. Peoples, good to hear from you. That's a ton of pressure. Well, then let's give us a couple right answers. How about that? Okay, I will try my best. <laughs> so I think my big takeaway from... Rosie and Chris is know yourself. Yeah. And I really admire that about the two of them, that they know themselves mm-hmm. for me. Um, you know, I, I used to really try to, to focus like, uh, when I was in, in, in high school, my teacher's like, aren't you going to take notes? Like, you should mm-hmm. be taking notes. Mm-hmm. And I would take out a pencil and I would just stick it on the paper because I, I can't do this. Likewise, I spent a good portion of my my working life working for a guy who really wasn't the best manager and the place was extremely chaotic. Uh, not only did I have to execute what was at the bench, but I also had to talk to people on the phone I had to help sell instruments. There was a never ending stream of disruptions. And now in my, my own private working life, uh, you know, I've got a kid with special needs. I've got a wife who works really crazy hours. Mm -hmm. I've got a very needy cat of all things. Like my cat (laughs) is super, super needy. And I've got a string of seems like a string of never ending phone calls from luthiers asking me, you know, how do I do something? And yeah, I used to try to, to think to myself, okay, if I just shut out the world, if I just did this, if I just did that, things would be all right. But I quickly realized one, that was kind of impossible. And Mm -hmm. two, my brain is a hot mess. Like inside (laughs) my head, there are three coyotes fighting a chubby, chubby yet spirited raccoon for a week old Seven Eleven hot dog, and there's a mariachi plan, band there playing too. So it's 
it's a hot mess in there. A little bit of chaos. A little, a lot of chaos. And I decided rather than trying to focus, it was kind of to embrace the chaos. Mm-hmm. I, so I don't, I don't try to focus because I think my, my normal state of being is almost a constant state of not focusing. Well, I would say you, you are focusing, but you're, you're, you're rolling with it instead of trying to, to block it out and ignore it. You're finding a way to work yeah. to, to roll with the things that are there. I mean, they talk about like in martial arts focusing, like you actually can't ignore the other person. Yeah. Like that, that's the thing you have yeah. to, in the midst of chaos years ago i read the inner game of music by barry green which is based on the inner game of tennis which is based on zen and the art of motorcycle maintenance Mm -hmm. and a lot of that was rather than trying to control things was to just Mm -hmm. let it happen Mm -hmm. and i i think i i'm at my best when i just let that let the things happen yeah and that's what I know about myself. And hopefully, hopefully that resonates with somebody else out there. I think it does. I mean, it does with me. I think the whole deal is that everybody works a little different, focuses a little different, mm-hmm. has a little different circumstance. Mm-hmm. And the more you can know what you need uh, to function and kind of build some things to help that, the more success you'll have. But all of us are fighting that battle. Nobody is perfectly successful and some days are way worse than the last three days. You know, that's just how it goes. So what you're really saying is at VSA conventions, we should have therapists on call that we should just all go into therapy sessions and figure this out. That would be added value right there. That would be added value. VSA board, if you're listening, that's some that's some straight up added value right there. We need on-call therapists. Perfect. Now, I don't know if we have the budget to deal with luthier problems, but, you know... <laughs> It's a tall order. (laughs) (laughs) Ain't nobody got that budget. (laughs) Well, I hope everybody listening that uh, this encourages you and helps you ask some questions that will ultimately help you and makes you feel like you're not the only one struggling and that it's all going to be possible and maybe the idea of perfect focus is not the goal to chase after, but how to roll with what you got. Amen. It's great talking to you, Jerry. Jason, likewise. It's always a pleasure. I look forward to seeing you at the VSA. Likewise. We're going to get into some trouble, aren't we? And by trouble, mostly just picking through wood and like... <laughs> talking about glue. and Talking about glue. <laughs> yeah. It's, it's always yeah. a sticky situation. <sighs> I think it's time I, to go. I, I think it's time to go now. <laughs> <laughs> Bye, Jason. Bye. Omo is an all-luthier podcast produced by Rosie DeLoach, Brandon Gottman, Jason Peoples, and Jerry Lynn. The show is edited by Jason Peoples, music by Invoke Sound. If you enjoy our show, you can help us out by leaving an iTunes review or becoming a Patreon member at patreon.com slash omopod, where you can get your very own Omo swag. We'd love to hear from you, so reach out at mail at omopod.com or call the Omophone at 240-686-5345. Thanks for listening.